0: So I was feeling the weight of it. Certain moments have certain kinds of weights to them. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And um, certain things that come up in our lives, they weigh heavy on us. And and I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get into seasons where it's go mode and I burn the candle on both ends and every which way from Sunday. That's an expression I heard this week, every which way from Sunday. So I'm going to use it because it just sounds cool. Um, but I was burning every candle possible because I had this sense that not only did I have to provide certain things for my family, but I had certain inner things that I wanted to accomplish, things for, I'm a pastor, so things for God that I wanted to accomplish. And I was, I was in go mode all the time. And when I get in go mode, I don't have an off button, and I tend to value tasks more than people. Along with all the problems that come with that, I was feeling the weight of the moment when someone looked at me and said, hey, you look tired. Now, in some ways, like, you look tired, like we wear that like a badge of honor. Yes, I look tired, I'm accomplished. And, and then this person said, when do you take a Sabbath? I was busted. Here I am, I'm a pastor, and for all intents and purposes, I'm, 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 I'm teaching people how to live a life that God describes in the Scriptures, and one of the quintessential things called the Sabbath, a, a, a day set apart that's a different rhythm. A day off full of rest, but full of reorienting and re-energizing with God's presence and spirit and family and, and enjoying God's provisions, I was not doing that. I was busted. You ever been busted? The moment just it was heavy and then it hits you, and the challenges I often get lost in my go mode. I often lose what's most important because I find my value and my identity wrapped up in what I'm doing. I had lost the sacred rhythm. So, if you didn't catch it by the title up here and the little video that played, we're starting a brand new series called Don't Waste Your Work. For how many of you, uh, at times in your life, work has been a four-letter word? Okay, it's always a four-letter word, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, you get up, uh, work, I don't, I don't want to go, that job is terrible. I don't want, see, I began to ask the question as I explored some of this, why do we do all of this? What is it all for? Has anybody ever asked that? Like, why do, I, why do I do all this? Is it just to provide for my family? Is it so that I can give my resources away? Is it so that I can retire and do other stuff? Like, why are we toiling away? And so, we thought we'd bring this four-part message series on work. And we're going to deal with rest we're going to deal with calling and purpose, and we're going to deal with failure. Ooh. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun, and I think through the whole um, series, what you're going to find is not only who you are in the midst of it, but maybe a little bit more of why you are the way you are and what God might want to do with it. If we could answer that question alone... It would be a pretty epic series because I feel like I'm always asking that question of why am I here and what am I doing? And so, um, you know, we want to move from being a four-letter word to living into the place where God has formed us to create, to build, to steward His creation and to worship, not just on Sundays, but making our Monday through Friday be about God's work. And it doesn't have to mean that you change your job, though you may want to change your job. So, with that in mind, um, let's get back to it. Today, um, I want to introduce you to this Jewish word, this concept that I got introduced to early on but failed to recognize its significance. You ever catch that? Like, you get introduced to something, and then years later, you're like, oh, that's what that meant. Well, after I was busted, all of these things came surfacing back, and I was introduced to this Jewish word called manuha. Everybody say manuha. You got to get the at the end, right? Manuha. Yeah, you don't have, you could say manua. It just sounds way too much like manure. Anyway, um, manuha. Means rest. It can mean Sabbath. It can it can it can mean a lot of things, but it's this idea: the Sabbath or the Shabbat um, is creating a rhythm where we cease, we stop working, to enter into a different rhythm. And so the reason why Menucha gets translated rest as it is the break point. That you stop working and you start this other rhythm. Interestingly enough, um, the root word Noah is where we get the name Noah from in the Bible. And so his name actually means rest. I don't have time to get into the significance of how God was frustrated with humanity and how this one person was able to rest because God's not a God that's angry but loving of us. We'll get to that in a little bit, I guess. Anyway, um, there's this sense in which we can often and easily, and I know it's true in my own life, miss this thing that is cooked into the fabric of humanity if we don't get Manuha. I want to look with you just really quickly at this story. Um, Jesus had been teaching and healing and traveling, doing ministry, and he gets invited into this home of two sisters. Um, Well, really, one sister invites him, and the other one is present, as the story goes, And, um, and he's shown a meal of hospitality. We're just going to jump in. It'll be on the screen. It's on wayfinders.info if you want to follow along with message notes. You can even write yourself notes and email it to yourself later. But it's in Luke chapter 10. We'll start in verse 38. It says this, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Mary chose the good part, and it's necessary. That line just rung over and over and over in my heart because it opened something up. Martha is hard at work, right? Upon welcoming Jesus in, she she knows what is necessary. The cooking, the cleaning, the fluffing of the pillows, the making everyone comfortable. She's up to all of the hospitality bit. That's the work. And she's so focused, it consumes her. I have to admit, on Sunday mornings when we're setting all of this up, I get consumed with, is the screen showing all the cool uh, things coming up so that people, when they walk in, they feel this way? Is the music going in the parking lot so that when you walk in, you know where to go and you feel greeted even if no one's actually in the parking I get... I get distracted with all these things that I become Martha really, really quickly because whether it's here or whether it's in our home, right, Holly, I get into go mode and I start thinking about these other things. I get focused on all the things that have to be done and it does something to me because I fail to see what is actually necessary. And I think that's what's going on in this story. Because Jesus says, you're busy. You're, you're preoccupied. Your anxiety is, are you going to get all these tasks done? But to what avail are all the tasks going to bring you? There's a necessary part, and it's the good part. It's the good part, and she's chosen it. Rest. Manuha. When we rest, we rest in, we rest on. We cease and we enter into what all the work was for. See, prepping the house is great, but if you're still prepping the house, when the one who you were prepping for is there, you're missing the opportunity to connect. Right? All of the work was for something, and Martha was distracted with things that she thought was necessary, whereas Mary chose to rest, and she was fully present, fully engaged in the moment. She saw that being with Jesus was what all the work was for. Now, whether it is hosting somebody in your home or making dinner and all the chores of home or getting the kids lunches to the bus stop or the endless task list and client calls and meetings to take and things to do at work, if we think that that's where the real life is and all the ancillary stuff is prepping for that, we become anxious. And here's why. We miss and we can't enter into what is most important. Now, the rabbi that shared with me this word, manuha, he described it like this, and this is really cool. Let's say you, you prepped and you made a big dinner and you got a bunch of friends over. He said, Manuha is the, is the moment where you sit down and you eat the meal, but it's really, it's the moment right after everybody's done. You know that moment after everybody's done and you're sitting at the table, you're sitting around the, the patio in the backyard, you're, you're sitting down and nobody's doing the dishes yet. You're just enjoying the moment you're being present that's manuah rest it's necessary and it's the good part see this whole thing is cooked into the fabric of creation and it here's the crazy part is creation wouldn't be complete without Rest, so it was commanded um, when God gives the Israelites these Ten Commandments, um, they're learning what it means to be the people of God. And God gives them these list of priorities, of of, of rules to kind of keep centered, to keep themselves, to really learn what it means to truly be human because up to that point they had been slaves, right? And when they were slaves, what were they doing? They were working seven days a week building bricks working working toiling toiling and their value was only placed on how much they produced and the quality of their production anybody ever feel like that's your life my value is tied to my performance my value is tied to how much i can produce and the quality of that production And it's into that moment that these slaves who had who had been working seven days a week, and God's trying to reorient them to the truth of reality of what it means to be fully human. And so then he drops this command in, in Exodus, and he says, remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but... The seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work. It goes on to say this, For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, and sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Holy means set apart. It's a portion. There's something different about the Sabbath, and it's this command rooted in the idea of the God who rest there's something different about this type of rest it's a joy it's a fullness it's 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 entering into the party it's like the whole week is building up for this moment where you get to be fully present with god with your friends, with your family, where there is a sacred rhythm that reorients and centers your life and brings about the truth of what's really important. And we can easily miss it. So if you go all the way back because it references that God created and in and and in, in the seventh day he rested. If you go all the way back to the creation story, it's a poem in Hebrew. It's written as poetry. And poetry is beautiful. And it moves from chaos in the beginning the, the Lord began to create, and now the earth was fullness of void, Tovah, who is utter chaos and desolation, and it moves from chaos to order, but in the midst of it, if you know Hebrew, there's this other symmetry that is happening, and it has to do with the idea of seven. Now, seven means fullness and completeness. Um, it, it can mean richness, vitality, perfection, and they often create symbols out of numbers, but check this out. In this poem, the whole thing is building because verse 1, where it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, it's actually seven words in Hebrew made up of 28 letters, which is four sets of seven. And it builds off of this to where you get into the second verse. It's 14 words. I could keep going. It's all divisible by seven all the way through. In fact, the word Earth is mentioned twenty-one times, seven times three. The word God is mentioned thirty-five times, seven times five. The the phrase "It was so" and the phrase "It was good" are both mentioned seven times. It's this idea that it's it, it, it's a fullness. And the whole thing builds to this 35-word section at the beginning of chapter two, where it says this. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. And all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work and all that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work that he had done. Verse 3. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work. I love this picture of rest. And here's why it's really cool. Rest can mean a bunch of different things, right? Rest can mean I stop and I take a break, I take a nap for some of us. That might mean a nice hammock, you know, with waves close by. That's a rest. Rest can mean a lot of things, but you can also rest on. I meant to have a coffee cup here, but I drank it all. So, rest on Right? I can rest Or I can rest in. I can rest assurance. I can rest in this moment because something has happened. So, rest can mean a lot of different things. So, when he says he rested from the work, yeah, he ceased the work, but he ceased it so that he could enter in and be fully present. God rests, and it's something we need to take note of. That badge of honor of I'm so tired buys into this productivity lie that my value, your value, our value as people is based on how much we produce, how much we create, how much we can get. God creates... And then God rests, God manuhas. He enters into the creation and enjoys it. He becomes fully available and present in it. When we if we really want to experience the fullness of life, we have to rest. And so there's this divine and sacred rhythm of manuha. Because really. Not doing is doing, isn't it? Have you ever thought about this? If you were to take music, and I love music, right? But if you were to take music and you look at the notes, without the rest notes, you just have an endless slew of noise. It's not actually creating a rhythm that constructs music. If you look at architecture, right? I could have two columns. And I can set them up and the space in between them is called negative space. Now, the columns are movable and they're physical and they're tactile. They're something. But the space in between them is also something. It creates an energy and a flow. It defines something. And so for us, if we're going to get this divine rhythm, what we're going to find out is when we rest, we remember that we're a human being, not a human doing. We remember that we work, we create, we arrange, we organize. Why? So we can cease, enjoy, and experience. If not, we just end up moving from thing to thing to thing and we never enjoy, we never get to celebrate, we never get a win, we never take time to relate back to what God has been doing for us or what we have done or what we have. You ever met somebody who's really not happy, not content with their life? My guess is they don't rest. You're anxious about a lot of things and you're doing a lot of things, but Mary chose the good part, and it's necessary. The Scripture that we're talking about or that we're talking from in the Ten Commandments and in Genesis, this this was all arranged hundreds and hundreds of years later after they were given the command to rest, to have a Sabbath day. And the people of God, they didn't really follow through on that. And another country had taken them as slaves and exiled them out of their own country. And their prophets, who said, why did this happen? They pointed back to the idea of we didn't rest. We didn't manuha, We didn't take the Sabbath seriously. We didn't rest the way God has this divine rhythm set out. And we valued production more than the people. And we valued these things because we couldn't remember who we are and what God had done for us. Their prophets suggest that when you don't rest, you actually lose perspective on what's important politically and economically and socially. And all of the constructs that make us fully human, they lost themselves because they failed the sacred rhythm. So if we don't unplug, turn off, create free space, we may lose ourselves and the life God has for us. Why do we go? Why do we do? We go, 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 go. We do, do, do so that we can go more and do more? Have you ever met somebody who's on vacation, or they're going on vacation, but they're not really on vacation, right? They're on vacation, but they brought their laptop, they brought their work, and they're thinking about work. They're not really gone from work, though they're physically departed from it. They haven't disengaged. Do you think that's restful? Because what it says is, though I've set aside a time to do something else... I'm unable to enter into it, because although I said yes to this, this is not the real thing. The real thing is this work over here. And I'm just biding my time till I can get back to it. If I did that, not only would my wife throw my laptop into the closest ocean or pool, She's, she just laughed me in the curtain. She she would because she wants me to be fully present. And if I can't disengage, I mean, there are people that they can't disengage, they can't turn off, so they just keep going. Or have you ever been around a friend, and, and what they say is, oh, we just had a lazy day. Like we just, we slept in and we did absolutely nothing, and I feel so guilty about it that ever happen? Well, that kind of language, is, it's almost toxic because what it's eliciting is like if we actually rest, we're failing to do the thing that is most important to us. So, we just rest so that we can get back to work and be more productive. No. 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 Manuha, this type of rest says all the work was done so that we can rest in it, so that we can enter into it. Now, there's a disclaimer. We're often waiting for, striving for, trying to find and wait for the next hit, the next adrenaline buzz. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? When your email goes off and says, hey, somebody likes me, oh, it's more work. Hey, my text goes off, people know me, I'm alive, oh, it's more work. Hey, if you actually stop to write down all the things that you actually have to do, from maintaining your house, your home, the relationships, with your work, with your obligations, if you took the t- it would be overwhelming if you listed them all in order, right? But it's a hit. It says, I'm important. I'm valuable. And if you ever got to the end of the day and no one called you, no one texted you, no one emailed you, you'd be like, am I forgotten? Because our society has so clogged up, we still haven't gotten it thousands of years from the time that this went out. We still haven't gotten it and our value is still placed in our production. This type of rest, a Sabbath rest, is a day where the work is done even if it isn't. By the way, that's a great spot for an amen. The work is done even if it isn't. It allows us to breathe and think and enjoy what is most important. So here's some starting points. As we draw to a close, here's some starting points for you. You ready? You ready? Think, about think about a home with no, home with no manuha. manuha. Right? I work, right? Holly works, we're constantly going. If we don't have a rhythm of rest, if it's go, 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 produce, 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 think about what that does to our kids. Tell me about your grades. Tell me what you did today. We're taking you to karate. We're taking you to sports. We're taking you to music. We're taking you to... Your value is only based on your performance and what you did. Because if I'm not resting, if I'm not taking time to be fully present and engaged, if I'm not taking time to hear what's going on in their hearts and life, but I'm wrapped up in keeping them so busy and challenging them to produce, and I'm not saying we shouldn't challenge our kids to produce. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We should challenge our our, our kids. But if if I have a home where there is not a rhythm of rest, then all of the value is only tied to the performance. And that works not only with kids, but any relationship. Because when you enter in a relationship with no rest, what you're saying is a list. If you just do this, then I will. And it's conditional. Because I can't rest in who you are. I've got to fix you. I've got to produce. We've got to create. We've got to become. I can't just enjoy you for you. There's no rest in that. But the God who rests. And when we get that rhythm, right? And we're not just talking about just unplugging, but we're resting fully. the whole thing becomes you are embraced, you are able, you are loved unconditionally, rest just the way you are. It's no longer a list where we have to impress and care and do. And here's the thing. When Holly says, I love you just the way you are, all of a sudden it makes me want to do something different. Isn't that weird? Like it makes me want to become better because it it, She likes me just the way I am. I'm okay. And if this is the God who rests and enters in and calls us to rest and enter in, no longer is your worth your value, your identity from what you do. You don't have to pull your bootstraps up and have your life together to enter the doors of the church and connect with the Almighty because He's the God who is fully resting. But the crazy thing is when you know that you're accepted just the way you are, it kind of makes you want to do better and different. It, all of a sudden helps your perspective see what's most important. Not that my value comes from how big my paycheck is or how many days in a row I've gone without a day off or how many things I was able to accomplish that don't make it to my tombstone, but I get to rest fully present in the moment, in what has been done. I get to rest in the real thing. I don't want to miss it, and I don't want to lose myself in the process. All the work is done, even if it isn't. I'm going to invite the band to come up. And as we enter into the holiday tomorrow, labor Day. it's a day that our society itself said, People are working so hard to produce all the time, they need a day to just stop laboring. Isn't it interesting that when relationships break down, when society breaks down, what do all of a sudden we start to realize? Oh, nobody was resting, nobody was taking manuha seriously. So, this morning, as we head into the holiday tomorrow, maybe you're scheduled to work. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe you will take the day off. Maybe you won't. But perhaps, with the idea of Manuha, you have come to realize that for you, your identity, your value... It's always in the results. It's always in the production, and it's like a drug because it makes us feel important. And maybe this is your when-do-you-Sabbath-busted moment. Perhaps, because you don't rest, you're missing out on the relationships and the beautiful reality that God is inviting you to enjoy right here, right now. Maybe you're working so that you can feel okay about yourself and about your life. The God who rests says, you're okay without that. You're loved unconditionally. Rest in that. Rest assured in that. So my question for us this morning is, when do you rest? When do you Sabbath? When we do rest, when we do Sabbath, we create and live into a sacred rhythm that allows us to not get distracted or disoriented with where the real stuff of life is because it's not your work and your toil. The real stuff of life is the manuha, the moments that God has provided. It's what all the work is for, being present with family, with friends, with the divine, being fully connected and fully engaged when we rest. It resets our perspective because it's the good part.